This is a Federal News Network podcast. Robin Carnahan, President Biden's nominee for Administrator of the General Services Administration, has a software development bent and background. So can she take on the range of challenges GSA faces in acquisition and real estate? We get analysis from longtime GSA watcher, federal sales and marketing consultant Larry Allen. Larry, let's begin with what we do know about Ms. Carnahan. Tom, what we know is that this will be her second stint at the General Services Administration. She served in the Obama administration as the head of state and local government technology for GSA's 18F division, the division that helps uh, agencies with innovative acquisition solutions, particularly in terms of developing new technology. And she spent the last year as a fellow at Georgetown University doing almost the same type of thing, working on software development, but also how to cooperate software acquisition across state and local government lines. So someone who has at least a familiarity with a certain portion of GSA's portfolio. Yes, but she worked in a small piece of a small piece of GSA, nothing to do with the gigantic schedules program, the GWACs, the fleets, the real estate. So what do you think what the challenges will be for her should she get confirmed? Well, Tom, I think you're you're in the right track. The immediate challenge for Robin Carnahan is going to be how do you manage GSA's massive IT and professional services portfolios? so that they continue to do a couple of things well. One is, how do they continue to deliver innovation through acquisition vehicles that customers actually want to use? GSA right now is on an upswing. Their information technology and professional services arms are doing really very well with current contracts, and they've got some new ones in the pipeline. Those new ones can be very promising, but we also want to make sure that they have features that are going to continue to attract buyers. You can't always assume just because you have buyers today that you will tomorrow. You have to make sure that the new programs are going to meet their needs. Internally, you have to make sure that everybody inside GSA, Tom, remembers that they're all pulling on the oar for the same boat. Everybody wants the GSA boat to move ahead down the river, down the ocean, wherever it is you want it to go. Uh, And they want it to stay safe and in good waters. Sometimes I think there's a tendency for one group to try to outdo the other. And Robin Carnahan is going to have to manage that and make sure that everybody knows that it's one GSA team working within many portfolios. Yes, because people that go to GSA for acquisition and contract solutions have lots of choices, and you need to maintain the differentiation, even though it's all in service of helping agencies acquire what they need. That's right. And whether it's the GSA schedules program, whether it's a GWAC uh, for the technology or professional services side of it, whether it's something more routine, but nevertheless important, like uh, commercial product acquisition, GSA has competing programs for that. Again, you have the schedules, you have GSA's own internal requisition channel, and we have the new GSA e-marketplace pilot program that GSA is running under a mandate from Congress. All of these programs, Tom, have constituencies, all can fill a role inside government acquisition. Right now, it's undeniable that all of these have to compete for resources internally inside GSA, and each has their 
supporters and detractors. Another key thing for Robin Carnahan is to make sure that each of these viable channels gets the attention and support and tools it needs to be successful and to make sure that there's proper oversight to ensure that they're working as intended. That's not going to be an easy task. We're speaking with Larry Allen, president of Allen Federal Business Partners. Then there's the whole real estate side with quite a number of leases, as you have been reporting, are up in the coming term, and nobody knows who or when or how many federal employees will come back to the offices anyhow. So that's a really complicated sort of web there of issues. Tom, it is a very complicated web of issues, and it's one that gets uh, historically a tremendous amount of congressional oversight. While you and I like to talk tech and talk about the acquisition part of GSA, the larger portfolio by far is the real estate portfolio and the public building service. And no GSA administrator can avoid public building service issues. Robin Carnahan is going to be coming in at a time when a significant number of GSA leases are coming up for renewal. I think there's a statistic out that says between 2019 and 2023, fully 60% of GSA's leases are going to have to be renegotiated. And the question is, How many of these do you actually renegotiate? Because GSA negotiates these leases not for itself, but for other federal agencies as their role as the government landlord. So how many leases do you renew? Uh, Do you renew the ones for 50,000 square feet at 50,000 square feet, or do you renew them at a reduced level? Uh, This is not going to be an easy process as we try to forecast what types of workers are going to come back to work in an office how frequently they're going to work there, and what that office setup is going to look like when they're on site. I don't think that anybody, whether it's the GSA administrator or anybody else, Tom, has all the answers to that. So I'm forecasting that this issue is going to take a fair amount of her time, and that at least for a little while, until some of those unknowns are filled in, it's going to look a little bit like rocket science. All right, and I want to switch gears for a minute because there's another nominee that is Michael Brown currently from the innovation arm at the Defense Department as next Undersecretary for Defense for Acquisition and Sustainment. Again, jumping from the limited but important area of getting new and innovative contractors into DOD to the great big gigantic maw of what represents most of the 200 or $300 billion they spend. That's going to be a challenge, too. I mean, the same way that Robin Carnahan comes from a slice of something and going into a much larger boat, that's the same challenge for Mr. Brown, Tom, as he goes in to be the Undersecretary for Acquisition and Sustainment, a much, much broader portfolio. But one of the things that I find to be really curious about his appointment about Robin Carnahan's appointment and some of the other appointments that this administration have made for acquisition roles is that almost every single person being put into an acquisition role has a technology background. To me, that sends a very strong message that the administration thinks that some of the traits that are used in technology Uh, and in managing technology projects can be used in acquisition and maybe moved over to the acquisition realm fairly easily. So the whole idea of getting the solution quickly, 
getting uh, the solution in an innovative manner, getting an innovative solution to begin with. These are all hallmarks of innovative technology leaders who are now going to be put in charge of acquisition, not just acquisition for technology, but acquisition of a whole number of things. It'll be interesting to see, Tom, how that technology skill set manifests itself in these new positions. Well, maybe Mr. Brown will be able to get the new hope for tanker to actually put gas in an airplane. <laughs> that would be a good use of the acquisition time. All right. Larry Allen, this president of Allen Federal Business Partners, thanks so much. Tom, thank you, and I wish your listeners happy selling. We'll post this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand. Subscribe at Podcast One or wherever you get your shows. We now bring you a special presentation from our friends at WEPA. Shane, thanks for joining us. Can you tell us about WEPA and your new podcast? Mike, great to see you again. The podcast series, Lessons in Leadership, what we're trying to do is, is take a deeper dive, a different angle into the conversation around leadership with great leaders at all levels of government. Uh, since the 1900s, leadership has been studied in a serious and academic way. Uh, great man theory, the leader-follower theory, the inspirational leader, transformational leader. All of these are backward-looking um, development of styles, looking at an individual, figuring out how they did leadership, and then translating it into a form that we can use today to learn, to perhaps emulate, copy. But great leaders, they have more than one style. I think I truly think that a great leader can adapt and transform into the role that's needed at that time. So what we're trying to do is, is talk to great leaders and go a level deeper. Tell us about your, a story in your past. Tell us an inspiration that really affected your ability to lead others. And this certainly applies in the uh, federal space. The federal government, it's over 2 million employees. Great leaders are throughout the federal government, both at the top and the middle ranks. And what we want to do is ask them to pull inside their memory, pull inside their personal history, find those moments in time when they were changed, they were inspired, they learned something about leadership from another person, perhaps it was uh, from themselves, and they brought that to the workplace, and they inspired other and became great leaders. So that's what we're trying to do with the podcast. Okay, so I, I get that you wanted to start with leadership, but what makes leadership such an important topic right now for federal workers? Great question. Leadership today is tested like never before. Um, today's, if I had to put a leadership style, if I had to put names to it, we hear about um, empathetic, we hear transparent, we hear uh, inspirational. So today we have COVID, we have a down economy, we have people, we have social uh, injustice that we're dealing with. There are many new factors. And it's drawing like never before on a leader's ability to pull from within themselves and adapt to the current change. So leadership today is almost brand new again. We're taking all kinds of different styles, attributes, learnings that leaders have. They're 
looking at the current situation that we're in and understanding how do I move groups of people? How do I move my employees? How do I inspire? How do I get them to the next best place? So I think leadership today, this conversation uh, is extremely relevant, perhaps more relevant than it's been in several decades. You know, we talk about an employee's personal route to growth, but what role does the management side have in this? I think in the federal government, it's, it's a little bit different than it is in the private sector. Uh, my father was a civilian federal employee. Uh, he joined the federal government in the 1960s. Uh, John Kennedy, he was inspired by ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. He had opportunities to go in the private sector. That notion of service inspired him. It inspired an entire generation. I would like to think that call to service, which is unique in, in the federal space, in the government space, still exists today. Well, that about says it all. But is anything else you want the audience to know about you personally or WEPA as an organization? Uh, I have been uh, around the group affinity insurance world for um, three decades. I've led this is my second uh, major organization that I've led. And I will tell you that we impart this feeling. uh, You mentioned it, Mike, about service, this notion. We serve those who serve. And uh, I will tell you that it's refreshing. It's a blessing to be there. And I have so much respect for civilian federal employees at every level of government. In this podcast, we're hoping to talk to leaders which are similarly inspired and can share their learnings over a lifetime. And uh, this will be useful information uh, for anybody in government service. Helping your employees learn new cloud skills helps your business become more agile, more resilient, and more secure. Not helping employees learn new cloud skills causes your business to become less agile, less resilient, less secure, less innovative, less profitable, and, well, ultimately less of a business. Don't become less of a business. Try Pluralsight and get your employees everything they need to learn new cloud skills. Learn more at Pluralsight.com vision. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.